Welcome to the MuseCast, where we squeeze every last drop of inspiration out of Sunday's sermon. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I got double, like quadruple fingers. Yeah, I got right. a little Ooh. shimmy, a little dance. <laughs> oh, Dan, Kent. Um, I'm on vacation. <laughs> are, are you? Wait a minute. Are you technically still on vacation? Well, yeah, because we have... So here's the thing. We, I came back for service yesterday because, you know, I wanted to hear you preach. I mean, yes, I did want to hear you preach, but I was hosting. So I came for service yesterday, but then, yeah, because we're off today and tomorrow. And so technically my first day back is Wednesday. So, okay. Well, still in vacay mode, obviously. Um, my computer is certainly in vacay mode because it wasn't <laughs> wanting to do anything today. Yeah. So if I'm glitchy, I, I blame I blame that. Yeah. Well, this will be an easy episode because uh, it's easy to do the sermon because it was my sermon, That's and then right. I also I also have a story to share that I left out of uh, my graduation story. It's like a whole yes. part. So you did. Okay. Yes. So I definitely cannot wait. Cause you said something about almost dying or something. So yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. So I definitely want to hear that. But first, wait, first, 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 we have some business to take care of because I was gone and you did this show for two weeks. Yes. And I want to let you know, I got, I got a complaint. In oh, the really? Box. Oh, really? Okay. There they wanted a... LeBron. They wanted LeBron. <laughs> I got a complaint from a guy who said you would not let him rest in peace. Oh, yes, 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 yes. You summoned him (laughs) from the afterlife. (laughs) 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 And he used him as a pawn on this show. Yeah. Unfortunately, we had technical difficulties, but, uh, you know. (laughs) Boy, I tell you what, though, Shauna, if that would have worked, we would have made international news. <laughs> the, the Muse cast would have gone to a whole new level. So it would have, it, yeah. It people would, would people would be talking about, you know what they would say? People would say, Joe Rogan, who? That's what they would right? say, you know? So <laughs> I kind of hope they say that already. <laughs> However, <laughs> okay, well, good job. Okay, I'm going to take off my sunglasses now. I'm going to, this is, I'm going to be business like. That's right. Here we go. Time there to get serious. we go. Time to get serious. Um, thank you for holding it down while I was on vacation. I um, I am not one of those that I think many people like when they're on vacation, if they're at home at any point in their vacation, they they wisely use that time to get stuff done, like around the house or whatever projects, or whatever. And no, I did not. I, d- mm. I didn't do one thing I didn't want to do. So Good for you. Good for you. So I came in to do MuseCast with you today, and my office is a wreck. My desk is a wreck. My computer like was like, "Who are you?" I wouldn't didn't want to connect to the internet. So it's kind of it's kind of a hot mess here. But thankfully, we still have a few more days to get back in. So I say all that to say, Dan Kent, awesome job yesterday. Cannot wait to hear more. But you're gonna um you're gonna have to ease me back in today because okay all right <laughs> sounds good it's a little rough going over here sounds good so should I do the sermon then yeah let's do this all wait right. are you doing good are you feeling good Life oh good? I feel uh, hey you know what uh we it's it's really hot and uh, I'm really excited because um 
I broke down and I got a little window AC unit for my office. Um, and uh, that, cause otherwise I can't get anything done cause everything sticks to your skin and everything. And yeah. you, you try to write a note and do you end up walking around with a note attached to you someplace cause of the humidity. And right. so finally I got a little AC unit so I can be productive in here. And that allows me to shut my office door. Barbara can enjoy the sauna that is Maplewood, Minnesota right now. Um, yeah. And she only gets a few weeks of this type of weather and she loves it. So this is a win-win here and, and that's great. However, um, I can't have an on during newscast. Your AC is broken. So broken. yeah, we're going to have to, this is going to have to be a snappy episode. Yeah. Otherwise we're gonna it's going to be just go, go, go. Yeah. Right. I will, uh, you will see me slowly melting before you right? your very eyes. Yeah. So we're going to have to get after it. Yeah. Did you ever see, <laughs> you remember the movie airplane when he's like yeah. trying to land the plane and it's just like <laughs> dripping down. It's yes. a, oh, classic. <laughs> Classic. Yes. Yes. So, that's that's it. That's it, sir. Okay. Well, so how about I, if I, I want your summary? Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's do it. I I, uh, I kind of dumped all of this stuff from my brain after yesterday because uh, you know it's you know how hard it is to to yeah. put together a sermon and you just think about it so much and part of the joy of finishing the sermon is that you don't have to think about it anymore. Right. So. Um, in looking at my notes, apparently what I did a sermon on was. Uh, uh, was Jesus a good teacher? And, um, and I, I really, what I was looking at is, is one of the things that people say when, uh, they don't believe in God, but they also want to be complimentary to Christians. And also Jesus just has this undeniable appeal. And there's a reason why every major world religion other than Christianity somehow accounts for Jesus within their own religion. And uh, Jesus is the only figure that other religions seem to care about. And, and I think that there's something weird about that. And what that does is that compels, I think, a lot of people to say, well, you know, Jesus was a good he's not god he's just a good moral teacher and uh and i agree with cs lewis that that you can't say that when you actually look at what jesus talked about and the things that he said uh just a good moral teacher doesn't seem to make sense because he said a lot of crazy things and um and you can't you can't cut the crazy stuff out of jesus's teaching and just take the things that you like because the things that we like tend to depend on the crazy things that he said. Otherwise, they, they don't make sense on their own. And so what I argued is that this idea that Jesus is just a good moral teacher doesn't ultimately work and eventually it collapses in on itself. But really, that was just the beginning because um, I, I really wanted to turn this on its head and show a, a more important question is, are we good students? And uh, And I confessed my own kind of uh, history of being a poor student. And uh, I shared my favorite story, which is how I graduated from high school uh, with a 1.3 GPA, uh, D, which is a D minus, D, D for Dan, D for Dan. And, <laughs> and uh, Wait, I have to interrupt you. And I'm sorry, this is poor Musecast taste. However, that's all right. I, to those listening, put in the chat, if any of you are surprised that Dan's story uh weighed heavily upon his consumption of chocolate <laughs> yeah. i mean it was like oh, of course of course <laughs> the hershey's no the reese's pieces cups yeah, reese's peanut butter right? cups yes okay. yeah yeah reese's yeah. yeah reese's peanut butter cups. of course they were uh yeah. the main yeah. character in, yeah. in that story well, it's just so funny too because it was it was my weightlifting class it's a health class <laughs> 
know. That's what's like, maybe if it was like, uh, you know, economics or something, you could see it. But it, it, yeah, the whole thing, I just, that's why I love the story so much. So basically, I skipped my weightlifting class, but I did uh, sell the most Reese's peanut butter cups. And so he gave me a D minus. And by sell the most Reese's peanut butter cups, I ate them all and I had to pay for it. And so, but that's what gave me the D minus, which allowed me to graduate. And, and so I wasn't always a good student, but then I became a good student because uh, I sort of fell in love with learning once I started to get some of these bigger philosophical questions answered. And, and that just sort of, uh, I'll be honest, this part of the sermon was a little loosey goosey. I really was trying to get this story in there somehow, partly. Um, but I think how it did apply is that it showed the importance of the types of questions we ask when we are a student. And, um, and, and so I just wondered what, what, how does that, relate to how we view Jesus as a teacher. And I didn't say this in the sermon, but one of the things that I was thinking as I was researching this is like, I think most people want to say that Jesus was a good teacher. And when you look at secular people who say, well, Jesus is just a good moral teacher. Well, then why aren't anybody, why why is nobody living out his teaching? <laughs> I mean, it, it, you, if you point to any other teacher in the world where nobody does what they say, you would never say that they're a good teacher. But for Jesus, for some reason, who's teaching to turn the other cheek and to love your neighbor and to welcome the immigrant and all that kind of stuff, suddenly that, even though nobody does it, uh, that's that's good teaching. It's it's so weird. And so I, I really wanted to look more carefully at that. And, and as I was going through the sermon, I was looking at this encounter with Jesus and the rich young man. And it really struck me how uh, the rich young man... Um, he he asks Jesus, and, and this comes right after Jesus welcomes the children into his lap and he blesses the children. And the children want to be with Jesus, so much so that the disciples are trying to restrain these kids. And he's like, no, let the kids come to me. This is how you're supposed to receive the kingdom. And then the very next encounter that Jesus has is the exact opposite of somebody who is not just simply receiving the kingdom, but is trying to secure himself in what I call Disneyland, this kind of Mm -hmm. the, this place. He wants to make sure he's going to be in the good place. And uh, he doesn't recognize that Jesus is God incarnate right in front of him. And he's not content with just being with God. He wants to make sure he gets his reward. And um, and then I just talked about how uh, it's interesting, like when Jesus responds to him, he responds to him with like this, why do you call me good? And it's a weird response because the question that the rich young man asked is not, it's, it's, it's a fine question. And it's, uh, you know, we're all curious about that. But the fact that he responds with this, like his personal dignity was in question, I think suggests that Jesus was trying to get the man kind of like a hint, hint kind of thing to say, Remember, you are with God here. Is this really the question you want to ask? Is this really what you want to be spending your time with God on? <laughs> and uh, and unfortunately, the, the rich young man did not seem to get it. And then uh, I just noticed that uh, I, I really loved how Mark wrote it, where he, where Jesus looks at the rich young man and loves him. And I just think what that means is that whatever is happening, whatever is wrong in this encounter, it, God wants the rich young man's presence. It seems like the rich young man has not prioritized God's presence. And so in other words, what, what I think that says is that whatever barriers exist between the rich young man and God, it comes from the rich young man, not from God. Uh, and, and the way I reworded that, uh, because it, I just I like thinking of it this way. 
whatever games exist between humans and God, we are the ones who create the games that we play with God. And, uh, and that's just very helpful for me. And then I just left with, uh, the sermon with a couple kind of points on, um, you know, how to begin to think more properly about Jesus as teacher and to, uh, cultivate a desire to seek God just for the sake of being with God, like the little children, not to manipulate the situation, to make sure you get your reward or whatever. And then the second point is, uh, you know, basically the Woodland Hills tagline, learning to love together, uh, you know, find a community of people who uh, can go deep and think deeper about things and to help you wrestle uh, and help you get beneath the facades that we all have so that we can get in touch with who we really are and uh, start asking questions from that more authentic space. Um I think there's probably a couple other things there too, but that's that's basically the gist of the sermon. Overall, uh, how did you think I did? Was it was it better than a D minus? <laughs> yes, it was Good. better than a D minus indeed. Um, it was not a Dan minus. It was, <laughs> it was much better than that. And this is what I, I feel like I always say this to you after you preach is that I always feel like I see something from a different perspective whenever you teach. And I, that is a gift. And so again, I thank you for that. I, um, I can honestly say as I've the many times have heard and read through those passages of the rich young ruler, I, it's always about, Oh, he didn't, he just, he couldn't give up his wealth. And that's really sad for him. Uh, I love that you challenged us to see that just slightly differently you know, the question that he was asking, he was asking the wrong question and he didn't recognize this opportunity before him. And, and just the way that you were vulnerable and pointed out um, how reading that, the the part of the verse where it said that Jesus looked at him and loved the man, like how that touched you, because yeah, that is something that I think many times I've just glossed over. Um, but what that spoke to me is, is regardless of whatever chaos we are in, however misguided we are, whatever our intent or our motives, Jesus looks at us and he's like, I, I love this person and I want interaction with this person. Um, and we can be bozos, man. Like we can just be so daft, but he just looks at us and he's like, I really love you. And I also love that you held out hope, uh, that, that. That wasn't the end for that young man, that that was a beginning of the Holy Spirit doing a work because we don't know. Again, I feel like we always say on the newscast, we can never put God's creativity in a box. And so we can think we know the end of the story, but we don't know. And I, too, believe that um, that was the start of something and not the end of opportunity for him. So, yeah, yeah, it was really good. And then you kept. Yeah, you kept talking about the games that we play. So I do want you to like lean into that a little bit. Talk more Mm -hmm. about that. I know there's a story uh, Mm -hmm. that you have to share with us. And I'm certain there are maybe a couple of points that you had to shave off. So um, I'm going to say take it away, sir. Yeah. So here, here, how about this? How about if I I will uh, talk a little bit about. Uh, the games we play and uh and then i'll and then instead of a nugget we'll i'll do the story that i cut out that'll be like a fourth of july special (laughs) fourth of july special this is a yeah yeah these are your specialty nuggets and Uh, and they're going to come in the form of a story and i think that's perfect good well I'll, i'll just say in terms of the games that we play i mean 
I didn't really think too much. I like I like that phrase because um, it, you could put whatever in there. But I just know that um, you know one of the things that one of the things that you find in mental health, uh, especially when you're working with people with uh, personality disorders, is they sort of get in these um, uh, psychological traps uh, where even though they don't like the things that they're doing and the behaviors that they're doing, and they don't like the experiences that the behaviors are leading to, they, there is something about it that they do like. And, and what psychologists call this is secondary gains. And so, um, and so you'll see people, you know, especially with like, for, I'll give you like a popular example. Um, one of the secondary gains is, is, and, and, and this is the point of this isn't like, um, uh, uh, this is bad or anything like that. It's really, I'm, I'm trying to show how like we play these games for good reason, even though they're not good for us. And so one of the things you see is you'll see kids who uh, have been sexually abused. Uh, they will, um, they will eat a lot of food or they'll smear their feces or something like that. And they'll do these things because if they smear their feces, that is sort of like this way of, of fending off their, their predator. It's not like they want to do that, uh, but it has this secondary sort of uh, you know, benefit for them. Or you'll see kids who are sexually abused will overeat and they'll get really big because that makes them less appealing to a predator. And, um, and so a lot of times they don't want to be doing that. They don't like the consequences, but it gives them the secondary gain. And those are just two very extreme examples. But I think on a more subtle level, I think we all play games like that. And especially when you look in academia, uh, you know, you you would think that if you go to graduate school, that's where you start to see some of those games sort of diminish. <laughs> that's just not the case. The games just amplify it as you go into graduate school. You you get people who, um, you know, and this is just you know common human vanity, but like people care more about being. Uh, smart scholars than they actually care about the topic that they are researching and uh and or they have like a desired kind of um aesthetic that they want to present and there's no quality kind of knowledge there and so you 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 get these uh you get people in in scholarship who uh, they end up and there's a lot of pressure that you 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 end up kind of producing uh research articles and stuff like that that um just because you have to in order to be like a great scholar and uh, the the research article themselves aren't that good. And so there's just a lot of games like that, that on many different levels, romantically too. I mean, um, you know, one of the things in marriage and family counseling is as you get to know your spouse better, they have certain things that they're defensive about and they'll do things uh, as a way of managing their anxiety uh, that, might frustrate the other person. And one of the things that Barbara and I uh, have uh, talked about quite a bit is um, the fact that I tend to minimize dangers. <laughs> I tend to minimize things. That's how I deal with anxiety. As I say, it's not that big of a deal. And uh, I'm sure I can eat my way out of this problem, whatever it is, you know, so, uh, and so, but that's frustrating for her. And so we've had to, and that's a game that I play as as a way of dealing with anxiety well we have so many of those games that we play that that it it, it warps 
everything that we interpret, it warps everything that we see. And a big part of spiritual growth and, and becoming a disciple of Jesus is Jesus wants to shine his holy spotlight and just burn away as much of that false stuff, um, as much of those games as he can. But it takes, I think it takes time and it's, um, and it hurts. I mean, when he when he says in in Luke nine that if you want to be my disciple, you have to deny yourself daily. That's part of what that is. Is it's like I I want to minimize. I want to just uh, eat until I hurt. I want to do all these things. That's if it's if it's coming from a place of false. If it's coming from a place of uh, chicanery or playing games or or looking for secondary gains, I think that uh, God wants us to deny that. God wants to get better at pushing back against that. Not that we're going to be perfect, but at least we're aware of it and we work toward it. And um, and so that's you know that's kind of a loosey goosey discussion of games that we play. And uh, it's it's a bigger topic than I could really get into. And um, so yeah, off the cuff though, that's what I would say. I like it. Thank you for uh, diving into that a little bit. All right. I have a feeling that we're going to see a live example of what you were talking about in, in the fact that you minimize things. It's no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> because I can, I can see it, Dan. And if I hear <laughs> like you said something about like where you almost died, I'm like in yeah, my brain, yes. I can just, I can picture, I can picture you being like, eh. This is no biggie. I got this. <laughs> so, and yes. so I'm wondering if we're just going to see a little hint of that in in the story you're about. Yes, to tell I, us. your your intuitions are are spot on. I uh, so I well, and in my my minimizing can mix with my apathy, and then it's a really potent oh combination. So, oh and and you know, so here oh, I am. I get wait, 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 wait. Am I? I did I just get an order? Did you have any? Oh, hi, Finn. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have a couple of points? Because remember, the story is going to oh, be yeah, the yeah. nugget. So no, I maybe jumped The story in. is, let's good? go with the story. Okay, yeah, yeah. Let's do yeah. it. Let's do it. Um, okay. And mostly because my AC is off and I'm getting sweaty and it's. We oh gotta... my gosh. I'm, I'm yeah. <laughs> good. It's, well, it's we'll... warm. Okay. We'll get again. So here, here's what happened. And, and uh, you know, I, I got my I unfolded my my grade report card and I see this F and it literally just felt like all of the, the vitality of my spirit just started getting sucked out toward that red glowing F. And, uh, and and my friend, Brian Kepler, he probably noticed my trauma. He saw it on my face, I'm sure, because he's just he comes over. He's like, what, what the heck is wrong? And I told him all about it. And, and, uh, and we're both like just like you and I right now, we're just like sweating because it's like a hundred degrees out and we're in black and it's the sun is beating down on us. And, and, and he's trying to cheer me up. So he's like, you know what? We got like six hours before the actual ceremony. Let's, let's go find Dougie. He was our boss. We worked at this uh, uh, bowling alley nightclub called Burnsville Bowl and Hot Shots. And Dougie was our, our manager. And and he had this speedboat and he was always out on Prior Lake. And he would always have bartenders and cocktail waitresses out there. And and we would go water skiing and kneeboarding and stuff like that. And it was just a hoot. You know, it was, a, it was just a riot. And, he, and, and so Brian, he's he's a good therapist. He knows what I need. He's like, yeah, I think we need Dougie. I think we need to find that boat, get you out on some water skis, and that'll cheer you right up. And I'm like, all right, let's let's go do it. So we go out to Prior Lake. 
and we're at the little public beach and we're looking across the lake. We're looking for, for Dougie's boat. And sure enough, there it is on the other side of the lake, this little baby blue boat going back and forth and somebody's, somebody's water skiing behind it. And so we're like, you know, Doug, we're yelling and there's no chance Doug could hear us from the other side of prior Lake. And so Brian said, you know, I bet we could swim across. <laughs> and I, I was feeling, I was young. <laughs> I, I was young. I was, uh, I had feelings of immortality. And plus I didn't really care because I, I was going to fail high school and my life was over and all of that. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. So we jump in the water and we start swimming and we're trudging along in it. I didn't realize that, you know, uh, the water really makes your shirt and stuff like really heavy. So I, um, at some point I took that off and just left it in the water. And I'm like going across and we get over halfway and I'm a better swimmer than Brian. And so I'm like 10, 20 yards ahead of him. We're over halfway. The waves are starting to break the other way. And Brian starts yelling for help because his legs started cramping up and they wouldn't move. And so he was like yelling for help and I'm too far away from him to help him. And, and so he starts going under and coming up and, and I couldn't get there. So I start yelling for help too. And uh, I was able to get this jet skier to come by. I'm like, Hey, 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 my friend is, he's, he's, I think he's drowning. And this guy in the jet ski is like, okay, well, where is he? And I'm like looking at the water and I, there he is. He, comes up one more time and he and he yells for help and and so the jet skier goes over there grabs him and brings him all the way back to shore and uh and I, so I'm out there waiting and you know just assuming that the jet skier is going to come back out for me <laughs> he didn't come back he just left me there so I'm just I'm out there you know like like a discarded bobber just like you know this is my life now and uh and so finally I'm like <laughs> all right I got a buoy out there. Totally. That's right. And you know what? With a 1.3 GPA, a buoy is a respectable thing to become. That's (laughs) That's all I'm saying. So, so I had to swim all the way back and, uh, yeah, it was it was a long, long swim. And so we never got to Dougie's boat that day and, uh, Brian almost died. And, um, and then we went, and we got all cleaned up and got ready for the ceremony. And so that all happened in the middle of the graduation story. So yeah, it was, it was pretty wild. Oh my word. <laughs> so kids, those listening in at home, yeah, Dougie yeah. is not the answer. Dougie no, is not, not no. the answer. No. Uh, maybe don't follow Brian thinking you could swim across <laughs> <Yeah>. the lake. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I want the record to show that I would have made it. I would have made it. That's right. So, yeah, because because you skipped all those weightlifting classes, so you yeah, you weren't yeah. weighed down by That's extra right, yeah. muscle mass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Dan uh, had a short stint as a buoy uh, back That's in right. his teenage years. So add that to your bingo card. That's right. <laughs> well, Dan, I'm glad you did not perish on that day. I'm glad you made it back to shore safely. I'm glad that you graduated and you went on to become a better student because uh, you were actually reading and studying things that matter to you. So that's right. Thank you for all of that. (laughs) And thank you all for tuning in. And that is our show for today. That is it. We will see you um, Tuesday, 4 p.m. Uh, in the chat also via podcast if you can't watch you can listen that way and 
keep coming. You don't want to miss this. So you got to keep coming back every Tuesday <laughs> to check out these shenanigans. He's Dan Kent. I'm Shauna Boren. We are so thankful for you guys. Have yep. a wonderful rest of your week. See you later.